0: Market View on Money FM
1: 89.3. Asia Pacific stocks are moving lower in early trade following a bout of selling on Wall Street. Tokyo is trading down more than 1%. Seoul is off half a percent following the victory of new right of center president there, and Sydney in the red as well. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good Friday morning, Ryan Huang. Happy Friday, Michelle. Now let's start this morning with two local stories, both of which are connected, pun intended, with how you access the internet. And who knows, perhaps even how you're listening to this broadcast. Somebody has to lay and operate and manage the fiber network. And I see a lot of this taking place on the roads. Let's not forget the com- companies that actually sell broadband to businesses and home users. Now, are these stocks good investments? Well, DBS has issued a buy call on a major player in the sector and another the two firms have received the go-ahead to merge, which could shake up the competition. So let's start with that buy call. DBS Group Research believes that Netlink, which owns and operates Singapore's fibre network, is a good investment, particularly given the current market conditions. Why is that?
0: All right, so you've got uh, this familiar company. If you've seen them doing roadworks, digging up and putting in those cables to link you up, they pretty much are the only company doing that. So that's already a huge moat when it comes to looking at fundamentals. Besides that, you've got DBS upgrading Netlink to buy because of, in short, an attractive yield and a low risk profile. So we are looking at DBS calling for a buy call from hold. Also, the target price raised from $1.02 to $1.05. So essentially, it comes down to the returns you can get from um, the shares of Netlink. So they are looking at the low risk profile first. Distributions likely to remain unaffected by rising inflation and stay resilient because of what they call a stable regulatory rate of return. So what happens is Netlink's earnings are determined by a, a rate determined by regulators is called a asset based model mm-hmm. and currently the rate of return currently set at 7% so DBS feels this is unlikely to change mm-hmm. and will mean it will be continue to be attractive as a bit of a return for investors. So this is uh, where they are basing their premise for buying Netlink right now.
1: All right, let me sum up. Netlink shares currently trading around 97.5 cents. DBS has set a target price of $1.05 or about 7.5% above where they are trading today. More than that, though, it thinks that Netlink's dividend yield of more than 5% is quite attractive. All right, let's move to the second broadband story of the day. Singapore regulators have approved Starhub's acquisition of a majority stake in My Republic's broadband unit. Now, very often, Ryan, consolidation can lead to high prices for consumers. But regulators don't think that's going to happen in this case. In fact, they note that StarHub's plans to team up with My Republic can benefit consumers. Why is that?
0: Well, it could. To some extent, so here you have a very interesting merger because um, the backdrop to this is how actually some of the former employees from StarHub left StarHub to set up MyRepublic, and now they are back together again as one. So, besides that, if you look at what will happen, let's start with the market share. StarHub has thirty four percent of the broadband market share, MyRepublic has six percent. So, if you do consolidate that um, market share, it can give you some synergies economies of scale, for example, and the IMDA believes the move could result in what they call horizontal consolidation. So, it could help them to compete more effectively, uh, maybe just bring down the costs for some of the things they do. So, that's one of the advantages. So, they could possibly pass on those savings. That is one factor. Um, But it is unlikely to substantially lessen competition uh, because it is still quite competitive. Singtel holds a 43.4% of the broadband market. And when you look at the um, other markets out there, like the residential um, broadband market, you still have at least five other service providers. So that is still quite a busy industry. And it, to some extent, could help, but I'm not betting on too much. Right,
1: StarHub shares they're down eight percent since the beginning of the year, and shares of its biggest competitor Singtel have fared much better since January, up ten percent. All right, let's zoom out. I want to take a broader look at markets now. U.S. stocks traded lower overnight. The Nasdaq dropped one percent. The S and P five hundred fell about. half a percent, its fifth loss in six sessions. Oil prices turn lower as well. Brent and West Texas crude both trading below $110 US dollars a barrel now, well off their highs from earlier this week. So in recent days, we've seen stock and oil prices, Ryan, moving in opposite directions, but not today. Today, both are trading lower. So why might that be?
0: Okay, I think it's a factor of a few things. One is that there are so many reasons and headlines for investors to trade on these days. So you've got a lot of uh, push and pull factors. So that is one. And also, many of the uh, market participants have been staying on the sidelines. So a lot of these moves have been quite um, exaggerated in some sense. Uh, They are really quite volatile markets these days. Mm -hmm. And if you look at what happened overnight, the Dow was down over 110 points. The S&P 500 down by 0.4%. The Nasdaq down 0.9%. And part of the... um, reason why it was down was some worries around what might be coming through with the higher inflation. So that is just pushing expectations of how the Fed might be more hawkish than what was already priced in. And then you had the hawkish tilt from the European Central Bank. They had that rate Meeting yesterday, no changes, but they surprised markets by talking about winding down their bond buying program earlier than expected in the third quarter of this year. You also have the stalled Russia-Ukraine negotiations that seem to be a factor as well to weigh down on wider sentiment. Okay, then let's go to oil. Uh, it's been rising quite a bit in the past few days and weeks, and then we had a bit of easing, um, and then more easing. So it does show that there are a lot of different factors uh, at play. And one of the uh, considerations right now why oil prices um, are continuing to ease is some talk about how we could see more supply back into the market. Some OPEC Plus members uh, talking about their willingness to uh, commit more to uh, adding more production. So that could be one factor. Um, and also, you've got, of course, um, many other reasons why we could see the supply situation being um, less tight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one reason investors may have sold off is rising prices. The latest data shows that inflation in the U.S. is rising at its fastest pace in 40 years. That's right, 7.9%. And as high as that is, it is within expectations. So Ryan, what's driving the price increases? Um, Also, how do you think that investors are assessing this piece of news?
0: Okay, so not a big surprise. We are have been looking at inflation at quite peakish numbers recently. Forty-year highs last year, month, and then this month again a fresh new high. And what's driving it really is no surprise: higher gasoline prices. We've seen that happening even back in Singapore. Prices are going up at the pump. Food prices, uh, that of course, with supply chains, and of course the oil prices indirectly feeds into the entire supply chain. Also, shelter costs was one of them. So all that coming together to just. Um, push up inflationary pressures
1: Indeed There are signs that some investors moved from stocks to bonds overnight as inflation figures were released. The yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury note rose to 2%. From stocks and bonds, we move to the nickel markets. We've been talking about this week how a major Chinese producer of nickel, Shan Holdings, is facing potentially huge margin calls over its short contracts. It bet that nickel prices would fall, and that bet has not only turned out to be wrong, at least so far, it has also triggered one of the most dramatic Price spikes in history. Well, trading on the London Metal Exchange is set to resume this evening for nickel, and there are reports that Sing Shan Holdings is standing firm in the face of market pressures. It wants to keep shorting its primary product. Can you make any sense of this? I mean, what is Sing Shan's rationale, and how might this affect markets?
0: I am scratching my head while he is uh, betting or even doubling down on his position. Uh, he is refusing to budge, according to reports. Um, so, what's happened? is in the past days, uh, he has been talking to banks and brokers, um, at least 10 of them, and he has said he will continue to keep his short position because he believes prices will fall. I guess at some point, one day it will happen, but I'm not sure if he can have the you no know, cash flow to hold on to his position. Um, so that really leaves banks and brokers in a bind. So they are holding on um, you no, know, by the. As, as, as his broker, the position. So they have to figure out if they want to continue to hold on to it. So they have to cough up the cash to hold on to that position. Or do they make the margin call on uh, Shan and to say, hey, if you don't pay up, we will liquidate this. So it is um, coming to a bit of a climax of sorts today when the LME is scheduled to reopen partially um, so for now the lme the london metal exchange uh, in the backdrop is trying to match orders between the long and short positions uh, but it seems like both sides are not really um, moving much uh, they are still holding on to their views that it will for example uh, the Nico tycoon siang uh, guanda is still betting quite strongly that it will drop Speaking
1: of Xiang Guangda, he's a tycoon behind Sing Shan, known also as Big Shot. He reportedly does not follow international news very closely and in fact was taken by surprise when Russia invaded Ukraine, according to sources. So what do you make of Xiang Guangda, Sing Shan's owner?
0: Okay, so I think we have to dig a bit into the backdrop or background of what Sing Shan is. So it's one of the largest producers of nickel. And this is, I think, where his confidence comes from. He feels that he has such a huge influence in the market and he feels you know, he is right and he can, in a way, assert his influence over prices because he makes so much nickel. Um, so, for example, some of the reports are pointing to how he views his production costs and this is made in Indonesia, as low as $10,000 a ton. Mm-hmm. And then he has been known to short nickel once prices go up above $20,000. So that has been his strategy for quite some time and it's worked to some extent. Uh, Now, of course, we've seen it spike above $100,000. So that is something that is really squeezing him on margin calls right now. And we have no idea when it will come down again. That is also something he has to consider when you look at the... um, Strategy. He is producing nickel, but what's being exchanged or traded on the London Metal Exchange is a different quality of nickel. So it's not an exact uh, like for like hedge per se. So that may not move in tandem with prices of his stuff and the prices of the contracts. So that's something that is going to be another moving part for him to. Figure out.
1: Time for more corporate news. We're going to do this via up or down. Time to open our books. Ryan, let's look at Oracle.
0: Oracle is going to be down. They have missed on their (laughs) earnings and that is falling short on their quarterly profit and they are expecting things to continue that fashion.
1: I'd say difficult to say because Oracle's latest earnings have come in below expectations. Its shares are trading moderately lower in after-hours action but the cloud giant is making a bullish forecast for its 2022 growth. So I am going to go with up. Let's go with
0: Rivian. right, Rivian is thinking about Changing the type of batteries they use in their cars and mm. vans and trucks. So essentially it comes down to supply chains. They can't find the nickel and the cobalt in their usual batteries. So they are turning to what's called LFP chemistry batteries. So these are cheaper but not as efficient as the older types. So I guess they have no choice because they can't find the uh, materials to make the batteries right now.
1: Yeah, down the electric vehicle maker Rivian says it will only deliver 25,000 vehicles this year.
0: Let's look at Neo. Neo would be a down for me. So they did make their debut on the um, exchange yesterday in Hong Kong. Started trading quite well, mm. um, but started to fizzle out and eventually closing just higher by zero point eight percent. But it could be due for more headwinds because there's now. Uh, Some pressure on Chinese stocks overall um, around what's happening with the supply chain for EVs, batteries, and also wider concerns about a renewed clampdown on Chinese stocks. I think that could have a bit of a downer effect on NIO.
1: This one could go either way. On the one hand, Neo has listed in Hong Kong without raising any new funds. I think that's a down. But it did pull off its Hong Kong market debut in record time. So I think that's an overall up for the Chinese electric vehicle maker. Let's look at DBS.
0: Alright, I think this will going to be uh, an up for me. And this is up especially for its CEO, Piyush Gupta. He has received <laughs> a pay rise. 48%. How do you feel, or how would you feel if you had such a huge pay rise? Well, if my
1: salary jumped nearly 50% last year to more than 13 million, I would be a very, very happy girl every day.
0: Yeah, so it is at right now his pay coming through at um, $13.58 million. And you have to take things into context as well. During the COVID 19 years, many of the banks um, laid out pay cuts for their top management.
1: So I'm not sure about DBS, but it's definitely an up for its CEO, Piyush Gupta. And I'd just like to say I'd like to see that sort of raise as well. Just if anyone's (laughs) listening, maybe one for Ryan too. One last story before we check in on how markets are faring this morning. On Tuesday, we celebrated International Women's Day. Lots of companies shared messages online about how they support gender equality, equal pay, greater representation in the boardroom. But one prominent management consulting firm had what you might call a major media snafu. It chose International Women's Day to announce the all-male leadership team of its new Crypto Arm. So, did you hear about this? I'm talking about Bain Capital. I don't think it was intentional and they have since apologized. But it does certainly appear to be sort of a blind spot moment. So, what do you think? Did you see Bain's original tweet?
0: Yeah. So, it comes across as a bit of a mistiming of sorts, you know. On International Women's Day, you come out with a huge social media post with a picture of eight, or at least seven, guys running the crypto team And it just doesn't sit well on that day, especially when everyone's talking about diversity, inclusion, but your crypto team that you are trying to highlight is all guys. Mm. So not sitting well. And then, of course, the backlash came through quite fast.
1: Yeah, a lot of uh, tweets uh, showing how much further corporate America, some say, has to go to achieve gender equality in the workplace. And a stark example of that blind spot I was talking about. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 21 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index finished higher for the second straight session, rising 1.4% to 32.40. Dairy Farm was the best performer among the blue chips. So how's the SDI trading this morning? And our bargain hunter is still... Coming into this market?
0: I'm afraid not. It is um, down right now, 0.3% lower at 3,230. So, pretty much in line with the rest of Asian markets. Uh, and that, of course, taking a cue from the overnight action on Wall Street. So, we are looking at um, stocks lower across the board and looking at the STI constituents. Uh, you've got right at the bottom, Jardine Matheson down 1.2%. Venture Corp is down 1.2% as well and ST Engineering down 1%. Uh, all three banks are in the red right now, led by UOB, lower by 0.7% at 29.74. Let's take a look at the top of the table. SET is up 1.5%, followed by Sancorp Industries, Up by 1.5% as well, and City Dev and Dairy Farm and City and Sets as well is all up by over 1%.
1: Thanks very much, Ryan Huang there, joining me in Market View. Coming up, Cheryl Guan, Head of Employee Benefits from Raffles Health Insurance, helps us navigate the world of riders. They help you essentially reduce your costs when it comes to your coinsurance and deductible, and they can also cap the amount that you might have to pay out of pocket, reducing the potential worries one might have for a massive medical bill. So, please join me as we embark on Part 5 of our seven-part series, Your Health, Your Wealth, Kicking Off in Money Money. And me at
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance.